It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After what many would deem a successful offseason, can we now consider the Carolina Panthers a serious organization? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. If you'd like to get in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, this episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. People are saying after the Carolina Panthers hired Frank Reich and then David Tepper Funded one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL after the Panthers went out in free agency and brought in Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, Von Bell, and a lot of pretty good free agents that fill the holes. And they decided to actually have a plan and trade up to number one on March 10th and then draft Bryce Young. People are starting to say the Carolina Panthers are a serious organization. That after all the unserious nature of what happened the last three years of Matt Rule as head coach, Carolina Panthers actually have a sense of direction, they have a plan, an identity. Who are these Panthers? I'm very happy about this, and you can hear it in my tone. And I think Vastai Heard also, who covers Carolina Panthers for Carolina Blitz, is also happy that she's going to be covering a team that's not a complete disaster, but a team that is interesting and has a chance to turn things around and be the best team in the NFC South this year and for the foreseeable future. I'm going to talk to her on today's show. She is the editor-in-chief over at Carolina Blitz, and she is always interacting with y'all. Hashtag Panthers Twitter. I don't know how she does it. God bless her, because I do not have the patience for most of y'all out there, but I do appreciate everyone who listens to the show, whether they like to listen to the show or they hate to listen to the show. It doesn't matter. You listen either way. It helps me, so I thank you for tuning in, but um, she certainly is very active with those who are extremely online in Panthers Nation. So going to have her on the show to talk about this offseason, to talk about Bryce Young, what he's bringing to Carolina, look at the wide receiver core. She's high on him. And, you know, I've told y'all last week that that's a, t- a unit that I think can make a leap, although I don't think it's going to be one that's going to have a bunch of pro bowlers and all pros. It's one that 
can be serviceable. And that's really all they need after what we saw the last couple seasons. Have options. And I think they have options. I just don't think they have the option and number one guy, but they're going to be much better. And I think that Bryce Young is entering in a good situation with this offense, especially this coaching staff. Talk about Brian Burns. When's that contract coming? The man's going to get paid. Scott Fitter already said it. Burns is going to be here. He also told us that uh, during the trade deadline when they didn't do a fire sale and when he traded up to number one, when he kept Brian Burns. So, going to get into all that with Ash Sign. Also, talk a little bit about what to expect when the Panthers start off OTAs tomorrow afternoon here in Charlotte. So, all that coming up here on Locked On Panthers. But before Vashti does join us here on the show, make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers, that could be you, can get a no-swap first bet up to $1,000. It's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-swap first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel. Official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, as promised. Vast Ty Hurt, editor-in-chief at Carolina Blitz. Follow her on Twitter, at Cleet Blitzing, which... I'm sure all y'all do, because if you're a Panthers fan not following her, I don't know what y'all are doing. She is by far the hardest working woman in sports media in North Carolina. And let's be honest, she's probably the hardest working individual, period, in the state of North Carolina covering sports media. You'll see her at Bank of America Stadium for a press conference Tuesday afternoon. Then you'll look up 6 o'clock Tuesday evening. She'll be at Cameron Indoor Stadium covering Duke basketball. Vast, I don't know how you do it. But God bless you. I love your work ethic and love all your perspective on the team. I'm so damn happy to have you here on the show today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's just kind of look at this team as a whole for this offseason. You got Frank Reich now here in town, new coaching staff. A lot of people excited about what this staff's going to bring. They trade up to number one. They bring in Bryce Young. We saw him last week at rookie mini camp. The thought is that they're going to try and groom him, getting ready for week one. At least that seems to be the case from everything that I've read and everything. I, it kind of sounds like would make sense. How are you feeling overall about this organization, looking at the new coaching staff, the offseason free agency, the draft, and kind of where they could potentially be headed in year one of Frank Reich here in 2023? Yeah, well, anything is better than the past three years, right? So yes. I, I think... And although I advocated for Steve Wilkes to to get the job or retain the job, um, you know, what is Frank, Frank, Frank Wright seems to be doing uh, a good job of uh, trying to get the Panthers franchise back on track, uh, hired an incredible staff and uh, worked with uh, Scott Fitterer and David Tepper to aggressively trade up for the number one pick to get what they hope will be their franchise quarterback for the future. So it looks like the Panthers are back, headed in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like what I've seen so far. I know for me, Vashti, 
it's that they actually have a plan. I don't know what the plan was the last couple of off seasons. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, that signing, they didn't have a problem with it considering they had hired Joe Brady. It made sense. They clearly wanted to move off of Cam Newton. And it wasn't like Teddy Bridgewater was here to be the franchise quarterback, which I've never understood the frustration from David Tepper or the Panthers fans that season in 2020, considering it's like, okay, this is the same guy he's always been. So they move off of Bridgewater. They bring in Darnold after failing to actually get that Matthew Stafford trade to go through. It was approved, but Matthew Stafford ended up falling in love in Cabo with Sean McVay, and the rest is history. Then last year, going after Deshaun Watson, ending up with Baker, the weird draft night trade up for Matt Corral. It seems like now they actually have a plan, and that plan, as we saw March 10th, was a trade up to number one and get a quarterback. That quarterback ended up being Bryce Young. I know you saw him last week at rookie minicamp. Overall, like, what are your thoughts on Bryce Young, the decision to bring Bryce Young and kind of how's he look so far, even though brief period here in Carolina? I mean, the it, it shows that, and you know, you hear on Twitter, shout out Panthers Twitter, that the Panthers are back being a serious franchise, right? So yes. when you, and I mentioned it just previously, but when you aggressively trade up for the number one pick, you are saying, and you are sending a message to the rest of the league that we are willing to do what we need to do to put ourselves in a position to win. And they did that with, the drafting of Bryce Young, who seems to be a very serious guy. You know, for a rookie, you're you're arriving before even the Panthers media photographers get to the field. Like this is this is insane stuff for a rookie. Uh, everything that we hear is that very poised, very uh, very in tuned, uh, very focused. But also uh, Frank Wright said that, you know, he was telling jokes in the huddle to kind of loosen things up at rookie minicamp. So he seems to be from what I have ex what I've seen going to practice and from what coaches have told us, the perfect mixture of serious football business and then also, you know, uh, a, a bit of a lighthearted fun. Okay. I talked to Josh Klein the other day and he said he was out there this past weekend. And he said it was jarring to see how small Bryce Young really is. I recall you were at the Super Bowl and you had a photo of being like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. look who's here. And that was Bryce Young. Like, is it really like, I don't know how tall you are, Vasta, but is it really like that, that jarring when you see Bryce Young in person? I mean, I really wasn't that jarred. I, I mean, we all knew, we know that he's, we know not he's small. I, yeah. We know he's small. <laughs> Uh, I think his size is what took me aback when I saw him at this this uh, function at the Super Bowl. I'm about five, eight and a half. He wasn't that much taller than me. Uh, so I got right on par at about five, ten. But he was thin. It does look like he might have put on a little bit of weight. Um, especially in his in his lower half that looked thicker than what I remember at the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, I mean. You're, and we've heard this from coaches. You're not going to draft based on size, uh, based on vertical jump, based on 40 time. You draft based on what the tape says. And the tape said that Bryce Young was the best quarterback available. It is now the offensive line's job, and it's now the coach's job to make sure they have a game plan and protection uh, that will allow him to function despite that size. Uh, but, you know, I'm not – I wasn't jarred with how small he was because I've seen him before. Uh, yeah. and, and I and I never really bought into that, oh, you know, he's going he's gonna to get plumbled in the NFL and this is a legitimate concern. 
I just, I just, you know, I got to see you in pads and I got to see you on the field before I start, you know, start making those assumptions. Is he considerably smaller than his offensive lineman? Yes. Most people are considerably smaller than offensive linemen. Uh, and it's not going to be Cam, you know, Cam was, you know, Superman, you know? Yeah. So there was a time where quarterbacks like Cam weren't the norm. And then that became the norm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it it's not anything that I'm ready to worry about. No. And for me, it's like, it's going to be a thing until it's not a thing. And yeah. that's probably down the road in a couple of seasons. If Bryce Young is able to stay healthy, it's also the game of football. And, and we've seen guys who like Cam is just Superman and he breaks down. And I also look yeah. at the situation. You talk about the offensive line. It's their job to protect them. The offensive lines that Cam played with, especially towards the end of his oh, career yeah. here in Carolina, they weren't good. Like Bryce Young is stepping into a good situation with this offensive line. Now there's a couple injuries, but the depth I think is good. So I'm not really concerned about that with Bryce. And even Andrew Luck is another player who got beat up. And Frank right. Reich would know as he only had luck for a year, didn't have good offensive lines in Indianapolis. And as soon as Luck left, they went out there and invested on the offensive line. So the Panthers have invested. So I'm not overly concerned about it. It's a game of football. Look, it does not matter if you're 5'10 or 6'6". If a 300-pound offensive lineman falls on your leg the wrong way, right. it's going to break. Exactly. It does not matter. It's, that's the game of football. It's bad luck. No one wants to get injured. My hope is that he'll be fine and we'll see him cook and the Panthers organization will head into that right uh, that right direction. Now, a couple of things just thinking about what this roster may need. Like I'm looking at like edge rusher. You got Brian Burns. I want to ask you about the contract discussions here momentarily. Do you get the sense from the organization that they're looking to add there? Because I know Gerald Vera was speaking to y'all the other day. It didn't seem that he didn't want to answer any questions. Thomas Brown no, was right? It, it, Thomas Brown was so was so intuitive, gave you everything. And then Chris Tabor and Gerald Vera just kind of like, yeah, we're not going to really get into all of that. But I appreciate y'all asking. But he didn't really want to talk too much about the other outside linebackers out there. Do you get any sense that they may be in the market for some guys out there like a Leonard Floyd who would have experience in this system? They should be. I mean, and it, and it, and it's slightly concerning that there doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency, you know, for adding another edge rusher to con to complement Brian Burns. Maybe they think that person is in, um, is in 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 the on the roster already. Uh, so, but I, I think that they do need to add a, an, another edge rusher. Marquise Haynes, unproven. Yeter Gross Matos is probably one season from officially being uh, called a bust. Uh, Amarni Barno, a project, you know, um, yeah. you know, and then you draft DJ DJ Johnson, another project. So I'm that is the one area where I'm I'm confused what direction the Panthers are going in, and you know, with the with the way that the team has been built for the for the past three years, they focused on heavily on defense in the draft. And, you know, the defense has been decent or on par. Uh, but, you know, the the lack of urgency to to pair an edge rusher with Brian Burns is concerning, especially given the fact that you're about to drop a bag on him. I saw a post yeah. on Twitter and it was basically a Lamborghini in the garage of a of a raggedy house right and they were <laughs> like that's brian burns right now on the line and you know you, it, it, they have to do something they have to do something i just don't know what what it is and they don't seem too concerned about it 
I guess maybe they know something that we don't know. Because <laughs> last year, it's funny because we were all sitting here being like, uh, you going to do anything else? Because you, you let Hassan Reddick walk. And I'm not sitting here all upset about that. The dude got to go back home. The Panthers knew that they didn't really have that much money anyways, and it probably wouldn't have worked out. He had a great year. People just be happy for him. He's back home in Philadelphia right. playing for a team that's much better than the one that he would have played on last year. So I'm not going to sit here and be all upset about it. But they didn't do anything last year while – Plenty of people, whether it's the media or fans, are saying, y'all going to do something about this? And now we're sitting here again, heading into the season. We're sit we're here in the OTA portion of it, still saying, y'all going to do something about it? So I would hope that they do something about it. Because right now it feels like Haynes would be the guy. And it's not like, you know, Haynes is that guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, from what I've seen, Haynes has showed flashes every now and then, like spot flashes. Uh, yeah. But it hasn't, it's not nearly what you would want for a for your for your starting uh edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns is not nearly what you would want. Now maybe he has an incredible breakout season, but you need to have an insurance policy. And then you also need to, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Yitor Gross Matos. I, I just I just don't know where that where that's going. And Armani Barno, who was Amari Barno, who was a fast, you know, fast guy. And that was that's probably along those Phil Snow lines of lines of thought uh, with with drafting those guys. But they are on the roster and you have to figure out, you know, whether they need to be there or not. But I, I just don't see the answer there right now. Uh, Evero, I, you know, he's just getting there and maybe he's still trying to evaluate those guys from a talent um aspect but that that's that's an area where i think the panthers need to need to fix sure up yeah there's there's still options and there's guys i mean people are gonna bring up clowny i mean there's yannick Ngakwe who's available and so there, there's a reason why those guys are available and they, the market obviously did not play out the way that they want it so i'm sure the panthers who still i think have probably like top five cap space available yeah. Of any team in the NFL, like they have the room to bring on somebody and probably give them an incentive laden contract, similar to what they did a couple years ago with the sign. Yeah, I don't know about uh Haynes, like it's year six, I think. The dude was on a milk carton <laughs> for like 10 weeks until he showed up on Thursday night football to close out that game against Atlanta. And then Barno Gross Mottos, probably questions of whether they're really scheme fits here now in this three, four, and Johnson not expecting anything at all. Right. And I don't know what they're going to get out of him. He's going to be 25 years old. going to be 29 after his <laughs> contracts. I, I don't understand what you, that was. You're obviously one of those guys who was mad on draft night when that happened. <laughs> Look, honestly, I wasn't really mad. I was just like, look, because I didn't even know who the guy was. I looked that up and I was just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Best of luck. They need to go bring somebody in anyways. Uh, so Brian Burns, you, you talked about to drop a bag on him. When's that going to happen? Is, is, are we expecting that to happen soon? I think it'll happen before training camp. Okay. That's the best that's the best I can probably give. They I mean Scott Fitter has been pretty mum about that. First it was we're not going to really do anything until after the draft. Then it was, you know, we're talking to their his people. Uh but I would want or I would expect that they lock him up long term before training camp. What is your sense on how they feel about these wide receivers? It's a rebuilt group. Going into free agency even before they traded DJ Moore, plenty of sites out there looked at him as one of the bottom units, if not the worst unit in the NFL. And that was with DJ Moore. Now, when they lost DJ Moore, certainly when it was Terrace and LaVishka and Shai Smith, it's not a unit that you're feeling all that confident in. I do think they did as best of a job as they could bringing in Demir Burb, really Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and then drafting Jonathan Mingo. Not quite sure where he's going to fit in this upcoming season. 
how do how do you, how you feel about the wide receiver core, and how do you kind of get a sense of how they feel about it right now? Because it doesn't really look like there's going to be any other moves, and really moves that would make sense for them to make heading into this season. I think they feel good about the wide receiver room, and honestly, I actually do as well. Uh, I think that Terrace Marshall, once he was given an opportunity or a chance, uh, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Rule kind of had him a healthy scratch for most of the season or, or his tenure there before mm -hmm. uh, Steve Wilkes took over. And then, you know, Terrace Marshall showed flashes. I still like Terrace Marshall as a wide receiver. I think that he has I do too. an extreme upside. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen is a vet who is a very um, calculated and meticulous route runner, and he will be able to assist Bryce um, with, uh, you know, being able to, be where the ball, be where he would want him to be so he can deliver the ball on time. Uh, DJ Shark, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he is a vertical threat. Uh, and Lavishka, we'll see what happens with him. Lavishka is one of those guys. He's kind of like a um, Curtis Samuel, kind of a Swiss Army knife type guy. So we'll see how they mm -hmm. utilize him within the uh, within the within the um, offense. And I'm missing one guy. Uh, Mingo, 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 yeah. you know, this is supposed <laughs> to be the duo, right? This is supposed to be the guy who was drafted with Bryce. They're supposed to kind of, you know, they're supposed to grow within the NFL together. Big body. He's a, I, I, my mom said he's a country boy. Like, this, this <laughs> is, like I, I'm going to give him the nickname big country. I like his, his attitude. Uh, and I think that they've done a good job of mixing, kind of youth youthful upside with veteran experience. I don't I'm not mad at the wide receiver room. Yeah, I look at it as like Thielen, he's gonna be 33 this year. I, I still think Adam Thielen has a lot to give. You look at the numbers that Chenault, Smith, and Marshall put together last year. Adam Thielen by himself did that. He had less receptions, but he was a better player individually than the three of them were combined. Now Terrace, I agree. I still think there's a lot of upside there. There can be questions. Though that Mingo got drafted, is he here to potentially take Terrace Marshall's spot? I could say yes if Terrace does yeah. not be able to produce and really build off of that second half of the season he had, and it's a new coaching staff. But it's hard for me to see that guy play the way that he played towards last season and not be able to pick back up with a better quarterback and a better offensive scheme and system. And in DJ Chark, that's one where I, I think they're just taking a bet on him that if they, they didn't pay him a lot of money, but they can build on his route tree, he can turn into more of a complete wide receiver. And if he stays healthy, they might have struck gold from a, a guy who's a former pro bowler. Exactly. Who could be like that young, like you talk about young guy. He's still like in the middle, he's like 26 or so. So you still got a younger guy in him, Terrace Marshall, you bring in Mingo. They could have something. I don't know if they have one of those A1 type of dudes. It's not like they grow on trees and they're that easy to get, but it's not, I think they have more options than they had last year. Like that's what I look at more so than anything. But also look at who they brought in as their wide receivers coach. You know, Sean, Sean Jefferson, Jefferson is yeah. no slouch. You know, he is for real and he is the real deal. And that is why Tepper, listen, these Tepper really, really yeah. spent a lot of money on this coaching staff to pull them away from the situations that they were in. Sean Jefferson is one of those guys who they were able to lure away um, from his previous team in order to help you know, these, this, this promising wide receiver class grow. And that's why you spend money on coaches. And so it's his job now to see all of this good raw talent 
and and mold it and and allow and make it to be what the Panthers needed to be for Bryce Young. And I think he is a good enough coach to do it. He could be to the wide receiver room what Campen was to the offensive line. Yeah, and, and I look at last year with the offensive line because I was talking about this on, on a show the other day where O line was one of the biggest liabilities on the roster outside of quarterback. It was the biggest liability. Then they bring in Bradley Bozeman, bring in Austin Corbett. You draft Icky and now look at him. It's probably the best unit on the roster and you feel really good about it. Wide receiver was one of the weakest, even though you have one of your best players. And now you bring in a bunch of new guys, a new coach that that's that's position group. I'm thinking that can make a leap this year. I still yeah. got to see it. I don't think they're going to be like one of the better ones in the NFL. I still think yeah. they're a bottom half wide receiver core, but it's much better what Bryce is going to have than what Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and even um, PJ Walker had last season in the last couple of years. So I can see some improvement in the money that Tepper spent. You're right. Cause the coaching staff was not up the par here. Aside from the head coach, the position coaches really right. were not up. Exactly. The par. And you can see wide receiver, aside from that 2020 season, where it's just like DJ's that guy. Curtis Sam had a great year. And I think Christian not being out there really helped Curtis get more targets. And then Robbie Anderson had a career year, now chosen. That is the only time you really saw some production out of that group. And even though that was with Teddy Bridgewater. So we're looking at OTAs coming up here uh, starting on Tuesday. Anything that you're looking out for, and I know it's not necessarily the jobs aren't up for grabs. We're still they're still trying to do installs, but it's the real kind of true portion of the offseason where you get to see these guys on the field, the whole team out there. Are you looking for anything in particular over the next three weeks heading into mandatory minicamp here at OTAs? Well, all eyes are on Bryce Young, right? I mean, you're when right, you draft yeah. a guy number one, <laughs> you want to see what he does. You want to see how he gels with the other vets on the team and and how how he you know how he is able to uh take his play be a rookie because there is I mean you're still a rookie but also uh you know solidify himself or start to solidify himself as the guy that they drafted him to be uh see how he how, see what his connection is like with the veteran wide receivers I mean we mentioned Thielen we mentioned Terrace Marshall so that I mean until until they play their first game, all eyes are on Bryce Young. And naturally, you know, this is why you this is why you do this is why the Panthers had a virtual parade for him when he came in for his first day. Like I've never seen anything like it. So they are gonna play up Bryce Young. He is their guy. And then, you know, when when they start OTAs next week, and if we're able to go to practices, we're I'm still not sure, but we're gonna want to see what Bryce Young does and how he conducts himself. You talk about that parade, you know, Tepper, since he's got here, I mean, he threw that pep rally from Matt Rule. Listen, that boy loves the party. <laughs> does the, not miss an opportunity. What? Even the draft party was, I mean, it got rained out, but there was a huge fan presence. I mean, you had bouncy houses. Like, they are really trying to, they are spending money to try to infuse a bit of excitement back into this franchise after you know after what happened uh with Matt Rule where I think a lot of a lot of fans you know just got discouraged and uh so yeah I mean Tepper spending the money listen he's an investment guy he understands risk versus reward he's pouring his money into the and 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 he's hoping that the reward comes out on the other side yeah and, and I've been skeptical of him but I think he's had a very strong offseason in yeah. what he's been able to do bringing in Frank Reich and what he's been able to fund with this coaching staff. Uh, we got to see it on the field, but right now, 
I think a lot of people should feel good about him. And even the soccer team is winning a bunch of games now. So people should be happy with David Tepper for right now. We'll see. For right now. For right now. Right. season, then y'all can go back to complaining. I can go back to uh, yeah, call him Tepper a carpet bag of Yankee, but I, I won't do that today. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate you, Vastai. Check her out. Uh, she's the editor-in-chief, Carolina Blitz. Follow her on Twitter at Keeplitz and her and uh, Sheena Quick go out there and they were, they they really like to interact with y'all on Panthers Twitter. Definitely. I don't know I don't know how y'all do that because some of these people are crazy. They um, are so they're... funny though. Is is <laughs> I love it. I love the pettiness. I love the the arguing and the banter and I and I love the jokes. Like shout out Panthers Twitter. It's very entertaining. I appreciate the Panthers fan. There's some people on Twitter though. I just <laughs> I don't have the patience for it, but you do and I. I Hate you and I appreciate the hard work that you do. So check her out. Anything you, you got to promote, any kind of stuff people should be looking out for you from you? No, I mean, just week? continue Panthers coverage. This is like my off season also. So I'm, you know, I don't, I try to take as much time for myself because when it goes, it goes literally from training camp to the end of March Madness. So my season is extremely long. Um, I'm going to try to enjoy my summer as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just Panthers OTAs, Panthers stuff right now, uh, what little we're able to have. Uh, and then once training camp, training camp starts, it's all gas, no breaks. It's go time. All right. Follow yeah. on Twitter again. I keep blitz and vast. I heard editor in chief Carolina blitz. We'll take a quick pause and wrap up the show here on locked on Panthers. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Great conversation there with Vashti Hurt, the editor-in-chief over at Carolina Blitz, her own sports website where she covers the Panthers and all the sports going on here in the state of North Carolina. I'm not kidding, y'all. Like She is all over this state. She ain't going really from Murphy to Mancio, but she's going from Charlotte to the Triangle all the time and covering all these games on the road during Panther season. I got a ton of respect for the work that she does and also the way she interacts with y'all and how she came down here and broke it down. Cause I mean, I knew vast, I knew her stuff and I've had people reach out to me over the last couple of weeks being like, Hey, I got some guests that you could have on. Someone's mentioned vast. I heard people asked for me to have Sheena quick on. So probably going to reach out to Sheena over the next couple of weeks, especially where you got, we got OTAs going on, but not too much has really happened news wise here in Carolina. So I need a little bit of help from my friends out there. And you know, there's only so many people who even talk about the Panthers that are actually their boots on the ground, covering the team had two had John, 
Josh Klein last week, Vashti this week, probably going to get somebody else on. I always have Mike K on a lot. So we're going to continue to get guests on here throughout the OTA portion. I think I can handle most of it by myself because there will be things to at least talk about just based off of what happens at the press conferences and what Bryce Young says and what Frank Reich says. I think we'll get some news here at some point in time, Brian Burns. Uh, but once we get into, you know, July, definitely going to need a lot of help from my friends out there. But um, appreciate Vashti Hurt coming on. Follow her on Twitter at Keep Blitzing, which again, I'm pretty sure you already do that. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Getting y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding, and I'll be back tomorrow as we will have a free, not a free agency, but an OTA's primer and get ready to see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks as Frank Reich and his staff are trying to get this well-oiled machine, well, oiled. Goodbye. That sounded weird. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.